Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast. He's Patrick. I'm Rajan. And recording this on Monday evening, one day after the Washington football team lost to the Detroit Lions by a score of 30 to 27. Uh, those of you who watched the game know that at one point, Washington went down by a score of 24 to 3, only to rally to tie the score at 27, only allowed, only to allow, I should say, Detroit to go 34 yards in 16 seconds and kick the go-ahead field goal. And, um, you know, kind of just starting things off from there, I made a note in my, in my pregame documentation, my pregame notebook, um, or my in-game notebook, I should say, as I'm, you know, kind of charting all the plays and writing down all the stuff that happens. Um, the first, one of the first notes at the top was, um, to me, even with this team being two and six, I felt like this was a really important litmus game for Washington to see how much they could distance themselves from the loss to the New York Giants last week. Um, as stupid as it sounds, I, I just really felt like Washington was the, not the better team, the markedly better team in comparison to the Giants, even despite going down by another Devastirly and only having to try to rally back and fall short. Um, but as I mentioned in my last week's podcast that, you know, they played their sloppiest and most self-defeating game of the year last week. And given how some of the games have gone this year, that's a rather large statement. And I felt like, okay, you had that really shitty game. Now, given the improvements that we think we've made in the coaching staff or we believe we've made in the coaching staff and the culture changes and all those types of things, um, you know, how do we respond from a game like that? And unfortunately it's the more shit changes, the more shit changes, the uh, stays the same rather, because it was just another week of self-flagellation, right? Like um, on the opening drive, Washington went to 20, Detroit's 21 yard line and lost 24 yards after that. There was no points on that drive that at one point got to Detroit's 21-yard line. We didn't even kick the field goal. We just we ended up with no points. We had to punt. That might as well have been a turnover, segueing from all the turnovers of last week, right? And ironically, to that end, as we're apt to do, we gave up a score after this turnover, the turnover that wasn't a turnover, with Detroit going 92 yards and finishing with that Marvin Hall touchdown pass who was in playing for the injured Kenny Galladay, right? That first drive of the game, talking about picking up from last week, DeAndre Swift, the running back, had 33 yards on his first three carries. DeAndre Swift looked like Earl Campbell against us. It was absolutely incredible. And Swift is a really, really good running back. Let's make one thing abundantly clear. Uh, it is a joke that they don't use him more often, to be completely honest. But again, I mean, might as well have been playing against Jerome Bettis in his Pittsburgh prime, right? And to me, that just set the tone for the fact that we had not progressed from the previous week. We were getting gashed by the running game, and we kept shooting ourselves in the foot. In the two-minute drive, the two-minute drill drive, Terry McLaurin, arguably our most steady and most reliable contributor, arguably the best player on the team, he fumbles the football, right? Again, we, we just lost to a team that benched Matt Stafford last week, largely because of the rust and the COVID situation that he had to go through, right? But... They just benched their quarterback, which gendered, engendered no goodwill on their team. Uh, they all but hate universally their head coach. Matt Patricia is a joke. He's one of the three worst head coaches in the NFL right now. They're primed to have a new head coach at the beginning of next year. They hadn't won a single home game this year. And yet Matt Stafford remains undefeated against Washington, even in that historic, like they lost like 27 games in a row or some ridiculous number like that. Of course, they snap it against Washington. Once again, proving that, 
we remain the get right team for every other team that we play against in the NFL. And it's just so insanely frustrating. Um, as I was telling Pat before we actually started recording, I'm still more mad about the Giants game last week just because I really hate the New York Giants. But like this was just, it was one of those things where you're like, man, I just, I feel like I spent three and a half hours punching myself in the taint after everything we just witnessed. So um, Pat, I'll, I'll turn it over to you. Yeah. Uh, good job doing the podcast last week by yourself, by the way. Thanks for appreciate it. Thanks for handling that. Um, yeah, I got a lot of thoughts. My thoughts are a little different than yours, um, but not far off. You know, I, the first thing I thought of when uh, they, so I mentioned this off air, like when we kicked off and a tie game was 16 seconds left, I knew they had Prater and in my head, I was like, and they had all three of their timeouts. I was like, they are not far away from field goal range. Lo and behold, you know, we, we end up playing off man coverage in the 50 yard line, allowed them to pick up nine yards in six seconds. So Prater could hit that 59-yard field goal. Uh, but look, my first thought while watching this game, and mind you, I was watching it on my phone while driving through, you know, Idaho and Washington State, is bad teams find ways to lose games. And we are a bad team. Um, you know, after the Dallas win two weeks ago, it seems forever ago now, um, somebody tweeted out, on, you know, on Twitter, one of the Redskins fan accounts out there, like, so many of them was like, you know, here are next four games. You know, do you think we can go three and one? Do you think we can go four and oh, two and two and two at worst? And I responded one and three. And the guy responded to us directly and said, why? And I was like, I've been watching this team for th- almost 33 years. What, like, what, what part things, of us what, running the what, table do you think exists? Yeah, what, when has that ever happened? It happened one time that I can remember, and our quarterback was transcendent at the time. Um, in 2012, we won, what, seven straight games? Look, we're a bad team. Teams get right against us. Uh, my favorite stat to look at right now is, so against the Texans two years ago when Alex Smith got hurt, we were 6-3. and three. Everyone in the world knows that as a Skins fan. We're 6-26 and 26 since that game. I mean, think about how bad that is. 6-26, that is just like, you know, bad. It's It's – incompetent and the, my favorite part about the nfl is is the parody of it right we were i actually think we might be better than the lions but we still find ways to lose because that's that's who we are and that's just you know the the brand of football we play is we find ways to lose even players that don't make mistakes very often like terry fumbling the ball at the end of the first half things like that are devastating to us as a team we literally cannot make mistakes detroit made zero i mean they made mistakes defensively and things like that but in terms of turnovers bad plays and bad times missing field goals like, none of that happened. They won. Um, it was frustrating, but I think ultimately the area that we're disagreeing on a little bit is I think Rivera inherited a, not just a losing team, but like a fucking dumpster team. Um, you know, we went 3-13 and 13 last year. Our wins were barely over the Dolphins. Uh, I can't even remember the, who the else. Stafford, the Staffordless Lions. We beat the staff of those Dines and we beat the Panthers when they were starting Kyle Allen. And it's like the one game we saw what Darius guys could do, even though he's a terrible human being. Um, look, we haven't beat anybody uh, substantial in years. Uh, I can't remember the last like good win we had. Uh, last year's team was bad. Rivera comes in. He's got to fix the culture. That starts with winning. We don't have a lot of winning players. Um, but what's encouraging to me about the game, and I, I think it's just – I honestly just think I'm tired of looking at negative stuff because six and 26, if you just look at negative stuff, will really pile on you, especially when Seattle's like, by the way, stay at home again. Um, I think 
there are positives. Uh, I think we're a better team this year than we were last year. I don't know if the record will reflect that, but we've lost our last three games by seven points. Um, granted, three, two of those losses are against the Giants. Um, so we're getting closer in terms of, like, actually being mediocre, not getting blown out. I mean, do you remember that Bears Monday night game last year? Remember how deflating that game was? That was awful. Uh, against a yeah. really bad Bears team and Mitch yeah. fucking so Trubisky. That, that game this year hasn't happened, which is encouraging to me. Um, and the other thing I'm really, really holding on to is I think like we actually semi hit with these free agents. Um, a lot of people panned Rivera for not going after a big name. I know we threw the bag at Amari, uh, but like we, once he signed with the Cowboys, we shut it down. But look who we signed. Uh, Wesh, what's his fucking name? Schweitzer. We, Your boy Schweitzer. Schweitzer. Schweitzer's been pretty good. Um, Cornelius Griffin. Also, I mean, Cornelius Lucas, who we keep calling Cornelius, Cornelius Griffin. Yeah, has been pretty good. I really hope he's not seriously injured. Uh, he's been good. McKissick's been good. Uh, although I, I would like Gibson to get more lion's share of the carries, or not the carries, of the snaps. It's actually a two-to-one ratio right now, I think. Um, but that's because Gibson can't pass block. Um, McKissick's been great. And look. Kendall <laughs> Fuller, man. Kendall minute. Fuller. Kendall Fuller, we threw the bag at. He's been worth every dime in the – the free agent that like sticks out most in my mind is actually Logan Thomas, who I'm not a fan of. Uh, this is documented. But, yes. But when sometimes you, I, you know, my favorite thing, sometimes you call space babe. I'm wrong. He's not a tight end one. Do not, do not think he's a tight end one, but he has been so much better and more competent than I thought he was going to be. Um, and you know, that fourth and 13 catch yesterday was low. He went down, he got it. It was a big conversion for us. So, like, we hit on some of these guys. We hit in a draft class like we haven't hit in a while. And I'm not saying these guys are, you know, freaking game changers. But they're all competent players. They they all do, you know, they're schemed well for – the only one we really missed on was Davis. Uh, and I think he was just brought into the locker room, like literally the only reason why he's on our team. Thomas uh, Davis. The linebacker. Free agency. Yeah, Thomas Davis. For, <clears throat> um, we drafted well. Cam Sims is coming out of nowhere. Uh, and – all of a sudden, I'm excited about some of these young players. Will it lead the wins? At this point, I don't give a shit. We don't win anyway. I just, I just like seeing these guys excel, and and um, I hope we get better. I think we're better. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts already on 2021, uh, but that's my thought of the game. I, you know, I, I was encouraged by our offense. Defense is going, you know, I. For as shitty as they are, our linebackers just aren't very good. And then also, once Everett went down, I don't know if, like, people want to talk about we, lo- we should have lost this game because Apke blew, like, full coverage in a quarter. I wanted to text you right away when it happened. I thought you might be driving or something based off the way you no, were no, responding. No, no, the first thing I looked for. I was like, what the fuck is Apke So, doing? it was the first play. Um, no, no, it was the Chase Young. We'll get to Chase Young very, very almost immediately, but um, the play that Chase Young swiped the face mask, or uh, he, he hit Stafford late, rather. Um, Quintus Cephas was running down the field and he was, he had the Cephas is a rookie. It's like a sixth round pick or fifth round pick, something. He was wide open. Four yards down the field. Who was the first guy four yards behind him? Number 30 in our hearts, right? Or number 30 on the field and number one in our hearts. It was Troy Aki, right? And I'm like, oh my God. I don't know if it was uh, Lake Lewis or Mark Bullock. It was one of the two of them. Might have been both. (laughs) Two of the play and they're both like, what on earth is Aki doing? Yeah. He just backpedals, and then you just see this blur go by him, and he's like, oh, shit. Um, it didn't really matter because of the rough of the passer. But um, my point my point to all this is I think we're getting better. Um, 
And it's, you know, same shit, different year. I think the difference, though, is we have Rivera for four more years. Uh, and the mere fact that the guys clearly want to play hard and play for him, I know he's got four years, so they kind of have to. Uh, but it's encouraging. And there's – I mean, that's who we are as a fan base. I want to use yeah. your draft picks and your rookie points and the, the young guys' point to kind of segue into is the three, right? three, up, three down. Turning to be pretty good. Isaiah, right? I think you mentioned Cam Sims. I mean, we're, we're yeah. going to get to him in a second as well, right? Um, Chase Young, we talked about him. Um, so a couple things on Chase Young, right? So we talked about the roughing the passer. It was a bad pedal play. Um, thought he was a little, if I'm being completely honest, like if I'm calling a spade a spade, I thought he was a little laissez-faire in his ex- explanation after the game. He was like, rookie mistake, but that happens. And I'm like, you can't excuse yourself when you make a mistake. Like you say, it was a rookie mistake. I should know better. I'm not going to. At least he had the balls to get in the zoom. At least he had the guts to go up and say it. Um, I give him credit for that. Also, there was the one other drive. I'm pulling on my notes here. He, um, on the drive that right after Washington cut the lead, is 24-17. He swiped Stafford's yeah. face mask on the cam curl sack, and they could have flagged him for that, very much so. Right, and they kind of picked it up, and the the commentators, uh, it was those uh, local boy Magruder High School graduate Dan Helly and uh, Inaki Talib, right? So they were like, um, you know, everyone gave Talib shit. So like, I hate hate H A T E all caps seventy two point font. I hate almost every single color commentator that there is. And he was like a guy at the bell. bar calling the game. I didn't think he was that bad for his first I, game ever. I didn't. I didn't really listen, so um, I tell you, but I, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take him to task. I got a lot. I got a bunch of texts from a bunch of people who are like, "He was awful," and I'm like, I, I was surprised that I was defending a color analyst during the game because I usually think they're completely worthless outside of like Tony Romo, right? Like, I think they're usually worthless, and I, I didn't think he was that bad. I in fact kind of like because he provided a few insight moments, like when um, when Fuller got burned on the Marvin Hall touchdown, he was like. No, Fuller did his responsibility in terms of looking back in a cover three situation. I'm like, see, this is stuff I wouldn't know as a fan ordinarily. Like, thank you for you know giving me that insight as opposed to just saying like dumb cliches and stuff like that. But back on point, uh, Chase Young, um, I will, if any Washington football team fan criticizes Chase Young for anything, I will get very, very angry and be like just and, and lose my shit again because if you cannot see the contributions that he provides to this team you're just not watching you're just not watching the game here your box score watching you're a fucking idiot like he's a, he's excellent they're going to come it's a matter of time everyone sing, everyone who talks about him says the right things he wants to get better he's wired the right way he genuinely cares about success for his teammates not just himself he has an outstanding foundational piece he plays his ass off he makes tons of plays that are not in the box score and if you're just sitting here like well, why does he lead the league in sacks right now you're a moron and i just i need to say that he had a bad game yesterday. Uh, yesterday, yeah, it was yesterday. He had a bad game. He made a couple of dumb plays. That's to be expected from a rookie. He should be chastised for that, but no more than that. He was. He did not have a good day yesterday. It's fair to say that, though. Um, Sweat, I think, played pretty well. Um, <clears throat> but there's a couple of plays that Kind. I listened to Kind's podcast today, so I can't. I can't say that I saw this because my screen was this big. Um, there's a couple plays where he just got straight pinned. Uh, and the play that he referenced was, I think Peterson, like a 14, 15 yard run when he jump cut 
uh, to the outside. Uh, and Young just got dominated. Um, I think – I don't know how Laza fair the – is a rookie mistake comment really was. I, I actually agree with you. I think, you know, I would have liked to see him go in a little more detail than rather than just say, oh, rookie mistake. I almost wonder if Rivera told him to be like, just say this. Um, Possibility. Yeah. I, I mean, I like I was there, but I will say – Yesterday was his worst day. Now, I, I expect him to eat against the Bengals uh, unless they triple team him like the Giants did. Uh, but I, I thought yesterday overall for them from a defensive perspective was like one of our worst games. Um, gave up 30 points again. Uh, you mentioned the run defense. It's, uh, it's bordering, bordering on bad, um, if we could call it bad already. Uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the linebackers. I mean, Bostick's got to be one of the worst linebackers in the league. Um, KPL is decent in coverage, Kevin Pierre-Lewis, uh, but, like, that's about it. Uh, our best linebacker is probably Holcomb, which is, like, not good. <laughs> I didn't hear Holcomb's name uh, all day yesterday. Not one time. Exactly. Exactly. Um, the only name that's – I mean, I guess this is only because of one play, but uh, Sean Dion Hamilton got he a little run play. yesterday. He, he, had, he made that play in the hole where he's, uh, he stuck swift. Look, the linebackers are bad and even better. Rivera knows it, and he hasn't shied away from telling the you know press like we need better play out of our linebackers. For as much credit as our defensive line gets, and it's mostly well deserved. I think actually swept the highest credit defensive uh, edge player in the league right now. I think I haven't checked um, my PFF. Let's check. Uh, if not, he was this past week. It was one of the, it's one of the two. Um, but we don't have linebackers to clean it up. And then what really makes the run defense bad, I actually think Collins is – Landon Collins, the injury is turning out to be a little more uh, worse than I anticipated. He plugged a lot of those holes. He essentially was – he was our best linebacker playing safety. Uh, you know, he plugged a lot of those rushing gaps uh, for us when he was playing close to the line of scrimmage. And now, you know, whenever it went down, Apke had to come in. Uh, so we were playing with Apke and Curl. And right. that that is that, that's not, not a recipe for success. No, so I'm not surprised to see teams running running over. So I, I got a little sidetracked off Chase Young, but I think it all kind of comes together. No, um, but you you, from, you put a point on. I think um, I was infuriated last week watching, like I said, watching Wayne Gallman and, and Alfred Morris run all over us. Like I said, Wayne Gallman looked like, I mean, a pro good again. Back. He looked good again. Uh, I benched him in fantasy. I should have started him. He looked good this week, I too. I cut him in fantasy because I thought he had his one good week, and he played really well. He's been serviceable. Like, he, he's, he's he's played well. Um, but, like, in Alfred Morris, I don't know what he's did, but, like, he's actually – Alfred Morris should not be rushing for 60 yards against us. But he – like I said, he looked like Alfred Morris circa 2012, 2013 against us. And I don't know what the problem is. I put as one of my downs was Jack Del Rio, as you're aware. Like, I, I just – I think one of the th- – one thing that's – become very um, obvious over the last two weeks is that teams have almost kind of figured out that if you really want to neuter our front seven, just run it down our throat because then you take the teeth out of our pass rush. Obviously the blocking and, you know, triple teaming people like young is as a, has done much of the same as well, but like, they're just running it. They're just running it down our throats. Um, The one thing that I made my notes, I wrote down in my notes and it was abundantly clear yesterday. And unfortunately it was, segueing from another week from last week when uh, Dumpster Danny had the same kind of afternoon, Matt Stafford was comfortable all afternoon, all game long rather. 
he had was under no duress from the vaunted five first round pick defensive line as everyone will not shut up about like that's just inexcusable he was cool as a cucumber for the vast majority of the game and that's incredible we had one sack and that was cameron curl nobody in the front seven recorded a sack that should tell you something uh jp friendly we both have mixed feelings on him we've, we've made that clear right but he He's tweeted out tweeted out during the game that he called this defense a C minus defense. A bunch of people lit him up for it. And I was joking and I'm like, yeah, I'd light you up for it. Cause a C minus might be generous in some cases. And given the way that some of th- this team is played, especially against the run. Right. We had one three and out yesterday against Detroit. And that was right when we cut it to 24, 10, there was no, it was in the second half. I mean, uh, a Talib made a comment during the game. And I think this just reinforces your points about the linebacker. Like, the first time Swift was getting touched on so many of his runs, he was already three yards past the line of scrimmage. Like, how is that possible? 33 yards in the opening drive on the go-ahead field goal drive from Detroit after we cut the score to 30, uh, 24 to 24. He had, he had like 30, 40 yards rushing or something. 36 yards rushing on that yeah. drive. Those two drives alone, 69 yards rushing. Nice. Right? Like, seriously. Um, nice. I, in fact, I think my favorite part of this was so Detroit that um, on third and 10 – on the drive that they kicked the field goal, but it was third and 10 and they're deep in our territory. Uh, Swift was, he was catching a ton out of the pack field and obviously he was running well. And that third and 10 play, they benched Swift and carry uh, on Johnson came on the field and carry on Johnson has been terrible since coming to the NFL. Great at Auburn, not good in the NFL. And I'm like, you just took your best offensive player off the field in third and 10 in deep into the opposing territory. And I'm like, you do you, Matt, Patricia, you, like you just do you. But, um, Going back to Jack Del Rio, like we were so high on the acquisition or the, you know, him becoming the defensive coordinator. And he's, you know, the defense has played very well for stretches of the year, but like you can't let the Giants and the Lions run it down your throat. Cause like, you know, what happens when you play a lot better teams and they really, really who are like super duper run dependent, like what are they going to do to you? And um, it, it was just really frustrating to watch week after week. Yeah. I, I don't have anything against Del Rio. I think. He's made our team better. He's made our defense better. Uh, I don't fault him too much to the rush defense because literally if, if Payne doesn't stuff the run, then we're fucked. It's basically what it comes down to. Um, my problem with – my one problem with Del Rio, though, and I alluded to this already, was just the general plan of attack with the last 16 seconds left in the game. Um when it was first down, they had, I think, nine seconds left. It's first and goal – or first and goal. First and ten from the 50. They need literally seven yards, nine yards to get in the field goal range for Prater, Prater. And we played ten yards off. And not only did – I forget who made the catch, Marvin Jones maybe. Uh, whoever made the catch to set up the field goal literally caught it and just went straight down. It was Marvin and I Jones, was like, yeah. I was like, why weren't we up and pressing and, like, forcing them uh, – you, you don't want to pitch and catch at that point, right? The prevent defense uh, is that was, so frustrating in those situations. That was bad. That, that was dumb. That was just dumb. Um, so I think Del Rio, hopefully the defense, like my – part of my encouragement is the defense has shown a little bit, uh, you know, we've gotten better this year. My hope is we get some new linebackers and we'll be better again next year. That's obviously the hope. But the problem comes down to the fact that we haven't forced a turn. I don't remember the last turnover we forced. Uh, Daniel Jones yeah, played turnover free football against us. We, we didn't turn over the lines that I can think of off the top of my head. Um, look, we're losing the turnover battle left and right. And that's why we're losing these games. Uh, but until the defense starts generating 
turnovers, you know, they are what they are. Team, to your point, teams are just going to say, okay, we're going to run the ball first, second down. If you can stop us, great. If not, then we'll, we'll pick on your linebackers in space with running backs um, or tight ends for that matter. Swift clowned Jeff Bostick on that touchdown, uh, that touchdown catch and run that he yeah. had. Absolutely clowned him in the open field. He then he, he trucked him, and then it, and then it trucked Moreland. Poor Jimmy Moreland, man. He got trucked, but like he clowned Bostick in open space. I mean, that's not really much of a matchup. Although Bostick is supposed to be the athletic open space linebacker, and that was not even a matchup. Like that was a Bostick, joke. Bostick sucks. Bostick sucks. Do you? It was the I think it was the second or third play coming out of halftime. I don't know if you were able to catch this in your in your in your big screen. I say big screen and tongue in cheek. Um, he nailed the it was it was Danny Amendola made a glass Danny Amendola right nailed Amendola of course Amendola got hurt because that's Danny Amendola and he hit Kenny, uh, Kendall Fuller really hard and I was like I thought Kendall Fuller just broke his arm and like Fuller came off the field I think it just turned out to be like a stinger or something like that but like he like it was more friendly fire more than anything else and I'm like god damn it Jeff Bostic like they're John Bostic, I just said, I just blasphemed the old Redskins center. John Bostic, I'm like, God damn it. Like, seriously, what are you good for? Because I can't think of anything. Absolutely nothing. Say it again. <sighs> um, my one other point that uh, became abundantly clear, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know what the official prognosis is, and I haven't been on social media for much of the day or uh, sports chatter for much of today. Um if Cornelius Lucas is out for any period of time and Jaron Christensen is out for any period of time, heaven help us all because David Sharp sucks. Like David Sharp is really, really bad. I mean, he, he's just a 300 pound body. I mean, like he might as well be a cement pillar. Um, I mean, I know we just acquired him 10 minutes ago. I know he has had no like time to kind of gel with this team. I know he's like a mid round journeyman at best, but like the line was visibly, worse when sharp entered the game like demonstrably worse and of course as everyone yeah, Lucas, knows Lucas. Yeah, morgan moses flipped over to the left side and sharp played on the right and they were very very overtly attacking the right side of the offensive line smith if you go back and watch the last drive that ended in a field goal smith was under was under duress He's almost that entire back, drive only that entire drive he was under duress yeah the uh lucas i am such lucas a low-key good signing Lucas is another reason you mentioned we both have mixed feelings towards JP Finley. I'm like tired of Finley. I think he's a stooge. Uh, uh, I think he just smells himself a little too much. Like I think he thinks well, they, they're the stink. ones that talk. They're the ones that talk about Ashburnism all the time. I'm like, dude, you, you're the one that like fucking creates this. They I hate the other guys. On, I hate the other guys on this podcast. I think they're, they're Mitch, 50 shades Mitch of worthless. And, uh, I don't uh, even know the other. Peter, I think they're, Peter Haley. I think they're absolutely worthless. I, they're, they're one of those Nibahai, I'm now dumber having listened to you type yeah. of, of, of uh, content creators. But well, they basically said that Lucas was terrible in and they have preseason. They no idea what they're talking. Oh, in the preseason. And, okay. and they were like, he shouldn't be playing, yada, yada, yada. And then when we switched from Christensen, because Christensen got hurt, Lucas had to come in. They're like, this is going to be bad. Lucas has been fucking great. Um, like, not – trying to like talk him up from the skins fan he's been legitimately great he was the highest graded left tackle against the cowboys and then uh the last two weeks he was pretty solid i don't, I don't even think he gave up pressure um you can low-key call lucas i mean i know you're a little more bullish on morgan moses than i am although moses been, has played well but you could low-key say that lucas has been the best offensive lineman for the past two or three weeks yeah he's been great he's protecting the blind side of a guy that can't fucking run uh you have to be great <laughs> Um, 
but what's exciting about that signing is like Moses has clearly bought into what Rivera's doing. It's the best Moses has played in three or four years. Absolutely. Scherf, Scherf was very good yesterday. Uh, Ruye is like kind of middle of the pack. Uh, although we did put a claim on that dude from the Vikings, so I'm curious. Did we put one in on, on Elf Line? I hope that work that work goes through because he's not a bad player. Uh, he's he's uh, he's headed to the Jets, but we did put a claim oh. off. We did okay. put a we did That's try awesome. to claim him. Um, my point is like the the and then fucking Wes Schweitzer, what the fuck his name is. He's been fine. Uh, he's been fine too. So like my point is that that line has been. I can't believe I'm saying this. The line's been decent. Yeah. Borderline good, uh, but then. Once we put Mo- we moved Moses to left tackle and Sharp came in on the right on the right side. They did they did attack. And now Moses wasn't great at left tackle, but he also, you know, Moses at least has you know he, he's a UVA guy. He played left tackle UVA. Um, he also made a ta- start at left tackle his rookie year, which was arguably one of the worst starts an offensive lineman has ever had. Um, I don't know if you remember that game is against the, is against the Forty Niners in like RG 3s second year. And wolf. I think that entire year is just everything uh, really bad. So I probably <laughs> just blocked it out. Ever since uh, that, the first game when like when Chip Kelly just dump truck does in that opening game, I'm like, I've just written off the rest rest of the hey, year. D Hall D Hall had like a 90 yard fumble return for a touchdown that, that game. Uh, but you know, like Luke has been good. Sharp though could be dead. I, I I know you have it in the down. It's a down if Lucas is seriously hurt. Yes, that's my um, big thing. I just checked Twitter while I was talking. There is no update. No one knows if he is it's it, not you a know, bad thing. If it's a bad thing or a good thing, my guess is that if it was really bad, we probably know because they would there there be an MRI or Bingo. you know something like that scheduled. So you know maybe, maybe he's out for a week. The really bad news that came out today, like devastating news, is Sadiq Charles is out for the year. Saw that, yeah. The uh, surgery. I was, I was really looking forward to him playing and two snaps he's done for the year. Uh, so hopefully he works out, but like not a great start. Um, I don't think I have any other downs for the game. No, uh, we talked about the linebackers. I mean, you could go, you could spend an entire podcast of how terrible they are. Um, yeah. uh, to your point, like you can be- belabor that all you want, and we don't need to dwell on any any further. Um, we'll jump to the goods. Um, you touched on Logan Thomas, and it's it, you already said a couple of things. He's just so Jekyll and Hyde. I will say this as a Virginia Tech guy. I'm wearing my Virginia Tech sweater right now, right? Like he's just so Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, there's some games where I'm like. Yeah, you could. I, I'll have a conversation with you about putting him in the top ten of the tight ends of the NFL, just because the tight end position's been so bad this year in general and so injury ravaged. Um, so I'm like, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll have a conversation with you about it. I won't be passionate about it, but I will. And I'm like, there's some games where I'm like, God, God, how fast can we cut this guy? Even as you know, one of my beloved Virginia Tech guys, um, I genuinely just like I, I said that I really believe we were going to come back and beat the Giants last week. I really thought the fourth and thirteen play was the catalyst to kind of to put the lions to blow this game. Like I really believe that was going to happen when that catch happened, you know, obviously we scored the touchdown, I believe on the ensuing play, we scored X number of touch, you know, I think we went touchdown, touchdown, touchdown on the following drives. Like I really, really thought that was the catalyst. And if the game had gone to overtime, I believed we were going to, I believed until circumstances in the fourth quarter started playing themselves out even before the game winning drive by Detroit. Um, I thought like, that was just a big, you know, you have those, as every NFL player talks about, two or three plays, and I thought that was, like, the one that was just going to swing it in the entire different direction. So, yeah, um, he had a couple of big plays. I think it was on the last touchdown drive, 27-yard catch that took us from like, the Detroit 38 down to the 11. It was a really good catch and run. Um, yeah, great game from him. Um, shout out. He's, he's, he's been pretty – I mean, 
for what he was signed for, he's been good. Um, you know, I, I alluded to this in the beginning. Like, I, oh, there goes Dalvin. Um, I don't know if uh, he's not a tight end one. Like, I'm going to stand on a table for that. But, like, he could be a really super competent tight end, too. Uh, and we have him fairly cheap. I don't think he'll ever command big money either. So, he's a great signing in that sense. He's set career highs already in uh, receptions with 28. He's had career high in yards, 302, career high in touchdowns at three. Um, you know, he's had a couple of games where he's come up big. And, hey. Also blocked his ass off yesterday. Just, blocked his ass yeah, off he's yesterday. Been, he's, it, <laughs> the only thing that's holding me back from saying he's been very good is, like, I'm so used to watching Sprinkle. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Uh, the 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 last drive we scored when we started on the eleventh that was because of sprinkle. Did you catch that? That penalty was on sprinkle. Yeah, because he fucking held. Yeah, idiot. And then he also hurt uh, Bostic, didn't he? Didn't he crush Bostic? Yeah, that's a. I guess it's a net no net loss. Net positive. There, but... It's actually a net positive. Um, um, you had going into the next one. You had uh, McKissick, understandably so. I had the entire offense. Uh, excuse me, the entire running back group. I guess maybe I want to have Gibson and McKissick, and because uh, you know Peyton Barber's Peyton Barber. But like um, going back to the offensive line, the offensive line. I think Talib called this out during the commentary as well. He's like they were getting pushed very early in the game, and it was nice to see the visible commitment to the running game, which is obviously in stark contrast to what happened against the Giants. Um, but going back to the running backs themselves, uh, I, I have like just like my um, my well known penchant for free safeties. I'm also a big big fan of the dual threat, like third down running back who can catch it out of the backfield, the dump off guy, if you will, um, the classic Larry Centers type. I know Larry Centers was a fullback, but like that type of player, and like McKissick fills that role so nicely for us, and he's just he's been the jack of all trades, master of none type of player, and you know what? That's great because he's just been such a reliable source of cheap offense if you will from us but um Antonio Gibson I watch him week after week and I'm like it's not so much the plays that he makes it's the second effort on every single play that he shows I love it it's just so it's so heartwarming to watch that that guy refuses to go down the first hit his yards after first contact may not be that great but like if you want to count the frequency of making yards after the first contact, he's got to be among the best in the league. He's just so incredibly fun to watch from that perspective. Yeah. I, I emailed you saying McKissick was up. You could have gone either way. Yeah. Right. So obviously you put them both in there. They both scored. Gibson had two touchdowns. McKissick had one. My literally my favorite thing Scott Turner has, has brought to Washington is the hurry up offense. If we get the ball inside the three yard line and just run it. Uh, I love, 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 love that move. Uh, we did it again for McKissick's touchdown. Um, you're right. Gibson's, you know, running average is a little down. McKissick is a little down, but at least we committed to running the football. Uh, we only ran the ball nine times against the Giants. First time in franchise, first time in franchise history, we haven't had at least ten. Um, so inexcusable. I would like to see the um overall snaps even out a little. Um, I I don't know the exact numbers, but I think it was like. 60 to 30 uh, in terms of snap totals. Now they over, they, they overlapped. It was like 70, 20 and 10. Yeah. So I'd like to see that even out a bit. Uh, But I also understand why McKissick's in there so much when our quarterback can't move and Barber (laughs) 
can't pass Bark. Um, like at all. Or not Barber. Um, Gibson's not Gibson. good at it. He's not good at yeah. it yet. It's a typical running um, rookie running back thing, especially someone who's so new to the position. I give him a pass for that one. Yeah. But, I mean, combined, they had 11 catches for 63 yards. I mean, like, they're great safety valves. Um, something Kai mentioned in his podcast today, which I wholeheartedly agree with, is the offense is really well suited for Smith uh, because, you know, we have guys running downfield, uh, but we also have multiple outlets for him to dump the ball off to, to keep moving the ch- uh, chains on the field. And Smith did a really good job of it. And McKissick and Barber – um, you know, this is kind of a forgotten point, but I'm going to bring it up now for those who were pissed that AP was released. This is literally why he was released. Uh, these guys fit the offense just way better. And it's another reason why I'm encouraged for the team in the future is because the previous re- uh, regime would have kept AP only because he's AP. like, they probably would, they, he's AP. They probably would have had to, cause it's like, Dan would have been like, fuck that. I need AP. Rivera clearly has a pulse on this team. I was like, because, like, even going into the last week of preseason, we all thought AP was going to start. Uh, and next thing you know, he was cut, and I was like, holy shit. Uh, but this is why. Uh, Barber was drafted because we had a plan for him. McKissick was brought in because we have a plan for him. Um, so it's exciting to see these guys. And, you know, to segue into that, you know, it's – no one's been harder in the wide receiver group than I have. I think they are just fucking shitty. Uh, but they're proving me wrong. Like. Um, it's good to have Steve Sims back. We need kind of that shifty slot guy. He just needs to learn how to catch the football. Um, he and drops too many passes. Yeah, he drops. Yeah, yeah both of those things. Uh, Isaiah Wright, undrafted free agent. Yo, he's great in space. Uh, I love the little screenplays we run to him. Uh, they're almost like – they're not quite bubble screens. I would like to know what the actual terminology is. They're, yeah, they're I don't know what like, they call it, but I know what you're talking. I know exactly what you're saying. Uh, he's good in space. Can't field a punt. Um I wish we had Antoine Randall just a fair catch the fucking fair punt. Antoine uh, Randall L. <laughs> um, uh, you have uh, Cam Sims. Cam Sims was my up for the game. This is a, He's had, I think he's up to like 180 yards the last two games. Uh, look, he's big, he's fast, blocks his ass off, and uh, he's great in space. He's made a couple um, of really clutch catches too. It's not like he's wide yeah. open because they're like, who the hell is Cam Sims? Like, a couple of clutch, like tough catches, right? He's huge in the Giants. Um, you he, know, had that, he had a sweet catch in the late in the fourth quarter that was contested. That was on third and it might have been on the game tying drive. And then he uh, also had like catch and run on top of that. And like we forget, I think he's legit 6'4", 6'5". He's, he's huge. And he can he's move huge, like fast. that. Um, yeah. I think that's been one of my favorite developments watching over the last two weeks with Smith taking over the offense, which we'll get to momentarily. But it's like the fact that he's become a legitimate weapon. Like, and again, I think he's a second, third, maybe third at most year player. Like, there's a ton of upside for him. You, I think you just said it. Like, he blocks his ass off. He plays. You know, he he has the he fits the culture of what we're trying to establish over here. Um, he's been a very, very, very pleasant surprise, and uh, it's yeah. a, a joy to watch so far. Yeah, and you had Terry, who's a, who's literally becoming a star like every game. His, he like ups his star level a little more every game. Dude, watch the tape. I watched it all day today. I could have watched hours of it. He put Lions quarterbacks on skates like every down. Um, now, granted, the fumble really hurt, but you know what? He one mistake in fucking twenty-seven games or whatever he's played. Uh, whatever. The fumble is the only uh, reason he point, didn't get the proverbial three stars from me today, right? Like that's the only reason why, because yeah. otherwise he's just he's excellent. And you could say it every single week. Yeah. 
So I put Sims is, is up, uh, but I am why I'm shocked at how good the wide receivers uh, have played. Uh, I don't see a reason Inman deserves to be on the field when he comes back. Like let's Healthy let's scratch, roll right? with the, uh, yeah, I think so. I think we just let's roll with this team. I like the guys. They're young. They play their ass off. They're, Isaiah Wright and Cam Sanders are both fucking big and can move. Wright's uh, got some size on him. Yeah, so it's exciting. I do still think we need to throw a bag at like Allen Robinson or someone. We need. I think we really need another bona fide stud um, to like really bring this offense to life. Um, I, I would agree and with I, that. I, I'll, yeah, that's a hill I'll die on. Um, but look, dude. They've been good, and it's really exciting because uh, I'm going to keep coming back to this phrase, and I'm going to say it because I also listened to it on time. I really hijacked this wide receiver. <laughs> no, please, this is uh, great. Conversation because I completely agree with everything you're saying. Um, I keep going back to this comment that uh, Rivera made when he benched Haskins, saying like it's not about developing one player; it's about developing 53 players. Uh, then you go and listen to Kimes podcast and he basically starts talking about Alex Smith and how, yeah, maybe Smith is older. Is he the best quarterback in the league? No, but he knows what he's doing. He knows his reads. He studies his ass off. And as a result, players like Cam Sims get to thrive. Um, and it's exciting. This is why I'm excited about the team because positions I thought that were going to fucking suck are like playing competent football. And it's exciting. And maybe it's just because I haven't seen a good quarterback play. And God knows how long. Yeah. Who knows? 2012. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or like when Cousins got really hot at the tail end of whatever. 15, I think it was. Yeah, when we won the division. Yeah. It's just, it's really encouraging to see. And, you know, it's it's a hat tip to Smith because not only is he fucking psycho and I have no idea how he's playing football right now, uh, like kudos to you, man. But he also just genuinely has made the rest of the team better. Uh, I'm going to jump in real quick there. There is a segment of Redskins, Washington football team fans, whatever you want to call them, that think it's funny to call Alex Smith peg leg. Let me make myself abundantly clear. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you if you're calling him like if you're calling him that. Like, who the fuck do you think you are? And I honestly hope your leg gets mangled in a really gruesome injury and you're never able to walk properly for the rest of your life. Like, the fact that Smith is doing this is absolutely incredible. And is worth all the praise in the world. Dude is a stone cold warrior in every sense of the word. And if you think that's funny to call him that, I know we're joking because of like, it's a ridiculous concept or like we're smirking at it. But like, seriously, if you think it's cool to post social media stuff, calling Alex Smith peg leg, like again, to be as clear as possible, like go fuck yourself. And I hope your leg falls off in your, not to say anything wrong about people with disabilities, but I hope you're a cripple for the rest of your life. Anyway, back to you. Coming in strong. Didn't know people had called him Pegleg. Um, Saw it a few times and really rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, see that. Uh, but yeah, no, he's, I mean, Smith, like, he basically, uh, he just makes the team better. And it's, I think it's easier for Rivera to understand what's going on with his team, what kind of players he has. Um, because, uh, you know, for the first time in his career, he had 300 yards in consecutive games, which shocked me. Um, he's been leaked for like 15 years. How's that guy never had 300 yards back to back? 2002 uh, draft. I think it's actually longer. Yeah, 18 years. That's yeah. Incre- yeah, incredible. Um, look, he took the bad sack in the first half. Um, 
that knocks out a field goal range. I, the bigger problem I have with that is the fact that we didn't kick the field goal, which shows the confidence in Hopkins, which is not high. Yep. Um, an NFL kicker should be able to make a 56-yard field goal. Uh, we shouldn't endorse. Yeah, indo- yeah, exactly. We, never mind that part. Uh, I don't want to talk about kickers. Um, so he took the bad sack, but then like he started revving up the engines. The first drive was great up until that uh, up until that point. He was leading a pretty good uh, two-minute drill until McCorn fumbled. Hated and that then, reverse call on the first drive. Hated that call. I that was a scream oh, at the television call that yeah, like started the first loss, and then Smith got sacked. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's not Smithful. That's play calling. No, yeah, sorry, uh, that's about the turnip. Yes. Um, and then the second half, there does there does need this needs to be pointed out. Boy, is Patricia a terrible coach because they just went into straight prevent. It was a joke. And they were, and they were holes everywhere. And to Smith's credit, he he read it and took advantage of it. Uh, and he was throwing the ball down the field more than I anticipated. Um, for the second week in a row, he looked, you know, borderline good. Um, his QR was like seventy-eight or something. It was higher than Stafford's. Look, he balled out, and he brought us all the way back multiple times. What we tied it? We tied it at twenty-four, and then we tied it at twenty-seven. Um, you know, I'm going to let you talk a little more because I hijacked the wide receiver Do position. And I, I also have, I also have a lot of thoughts on 2021 Doc Smith. Uh, but I don't think we see Dwayne again. I really don't. Um, unless Smith breaks his other leg, which hopefully he doesn't. God forbid. But I, I don't think we see Dwayne unless I think Smith is the quarterback going for it. Smith had 11 in a row um, when after the touchdown drive when we cut it 24 to 10 and he was we're on pace for the thing to cut it to 24 17. Um, when we went into the fuck it we're down by three touchdowns let's just start going into the two minute drill on every play. He's surgical at times, right? Like it's just yeah, he, was, it, he was great. I mean it's just like you know and it's and it's whether you want to call it death by paper cut, whether you want to call it dink and dunk or however you want to phrase it, right? But at the end of the day, it is getting the ball to the guy who can get yards down the field. And as the old saying goes, you can't go broke by taking a profit. That's what he's been doing play after play after play. That's why to your stat, I didn't even know, but that was a number, but I'm not surprised. The 11 catches by our running backs, right? And then let's factor in like what Logan Thomas had and stuff like that. That we talked about this in the preseason podcast that look, this could be a, a large part of our offense, given the deficiencies we have at the wide receiver position, young player highlights, notwithstanding. Right. Um, Let's talk about the 2021 thing because a bunch of people have brought up the idea. Um, one By person way, in Smith, Smith had 390 yards passing. It's Is crazy. that what the number that he finished with today? Was it really? Uh, yeah. Yesterday? And he only really missed one throw. He missed McKissick along the sideline, which sucks because it would have changed the game. But, like, oh, he missed one only throw. Ba- like, only decisively <laughs> bad throw that he had on the day. Yeah. One of my favorite throws, actually, was a third and five. I think it was on the on the third touchdown drive, or maybe it was on the on the field goal drive. Third and five, and uh, it was like a cover three, and Sims ran like a thing to an out, and it was in between two defenders, and it was just a perfect throw that he just dropped it in, and then Sims toe, toe tapped uh, before he went out of bounds. But it was, like I said, it was like it was just it was a great throw, and I really I like that. It was one. great. Um, I'm very curious on your thoughts, 2021. So here's the thing, right? Um, I think it was Grant Paulson or somebody else tweeted today. Somebody of that ilk was like, we are currently on pace for the fourth overall pick in the 2021 NFL draft, right? So a few thoughts. That's, out of, that's out of Lawrence and Fields range, though. So um, I'm starting to sip a little bit of Zach Wilson juice, right? Come on in. Water's I'm, nice. I'm starting to sip a little bit. If So right now, I haven't done a ton of homework, as I've mentioned, 
but it's 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 Lawrence and Fields, and I don't have that gap nearly as as high as many people do in terms of one a. I mean one and two. Um, I have Wilson markedly still ahead of of uh, the North Dakota State guy, um, Trey Lance. Right? Like I I I I would absolutely today take him over Trey Lance, which means we would foreseeably have to get up to like the number three pick, depending on where someone like Panay Sewell or, or somebody else would go. Um, as an aside, rounding at the linebacker point, if we find ourselves in a situation where we're missing out on the top three or top four quarterbacks. Parsons, will, Parsons whatever his name is. Michael Parsons guy. from Penn State. That's my guy, right? I'm like, I'm going to take somebody from Penn, from Penn State, from linebacker U. And uh, by the way, we really, 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 really need a linebacker who has a brain and some talent. Um, and then just keep Thomas Davis as a player coach because he's not getting on the field anyway. So do that. But getting back to that, imagine if Smith has a proper offseason, another offseason to work with the current coaching staff, another season to get healthier and get better and to strengthen his leg. Foreseeably, given the current geopolitical climate, potentially we're going to have a more healthy approach to 2021 in terms of being around people and just being able to kind of, you know, live life at a semi-normal rate that may be overly optimistic, but let's just put that out there. It's hard not to see Smith as if nothing else, the bridge quarterback. I still believe the quarter the position needs to be addressed with a youthful talent for the future. Cause obviously Smith can, I, I don't think Smith can last another year after that, just because of the aging process. Father time is undefeated, but, um, I have a hard time making an argument why he shouldn't be the 2021 starter right now. Yeah. So I, well, this is a great topic. I think Smith's going to retire. Really? Um, yeah, Coming out hot. Yeah. I, I, I do think he's going to retire. I think, I think it's going to be a situation where he's played, he's made money. You know, he like proved himself. He could come all the way back and he's going to retire. Um, now, will that happen? I don't know. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, what I mean, his his cap hit next year, I think, is nineteen million. Let's go check spot track real quick. Um, yeah, it's something we we cut him. We have eight million dollars of dead cap, I think, but we save eleven million, maybe. I don't. What's his cap hit? Does it does it say? Size is think really, it's really slow in general. I'm trying to pull it up right now. Um, I bring that up because let's say he doesn't retire. He's not going to, you know. I don't see where any other place where he's going to get that kind of money at all. I could see a world where we restructure his contract. He takes a pay cut. If he really, this is, he's got to really want to play. Uh, he takes a little bit of a pay cut and then we draft a Trey Lance or a Zach Wilson, right. And let them sit for a year underneath Smith. That that's a little bit of the Patrick Mahomes situation. Um, if anything, Wilson, Zach Wilson, turning the corner for BYU is great for us uh, because it puts another quarterback into this, you know, top 10, if you will, as long as we're in the top 10, I think we'll, we'll have the ability to get one of the two. Um, although I do agree. I, Parsons is there and Lawrence and fields are gone and we're, we're drafting like three or four. I wouldn't be opposed to drafting him. Um, because he, I think he is a stud. I just have a hard time drafting a linebacker that high. Um, if we were so inclined to release Smith, he would save us approximately thir- uh, 13 million under the cap. His cap 13. is only 10.8. His number is 24, and his cap, his dead cap is. I don't 11, care about his number. Is yeah, 11. Is, is so right the relief would be 13 million. We would save 13 million dollars under the cap if we released him after this season. Yeah. So I wonder if we, 
restructure him, roll with him. And then that next year we're rolling with Smith, rookie quarterback, and then we probably stash Allen on the practice squad. No one's no one's gonna claim Kyle Allen. No. Uh, at least not early on in the year when people should be relatively healthy. Uh, and then from there, you look, I keep coming back to the Kaepernick and Mahomes thing. Like they both just sing his praises. Um, the only quarterback that hasn't seemingly latched on Alex Smith and learned from him is good old Dwayne. Uh, Dwayne has said his praises, not maybe as effusively, but he even yeah. he said his uh, Smith's praises, like credit where yeah. credit is due, I think, in that regard. Um, so I, I, I think the ideal scenario, and this is, I can't even believe we're talking about this. The ideal scenario is Smith takes pay cut, rolls in as starter next year, and we are able to sit Lance and Wilson for as long as possible and let them just learn from Alex Smith. Best case, like literally dream scenario, Smith not only writes a ship, but like we're decent and he can, you know, get 12 to 16 games in before anyone's like, we should make a switch. Worst case is, no, not worst case. The most likely scenario is he gets about like seven, eight games, and then we're bad again, and then we switch into a rookie quarterback, which is fine. I'm very much in the camp that you got to keep drafting a quarterback until you fucking hit. <laughs> You're uh, not wrong. Yeah, we. It's that position's been so shitty for us for so long. We got to find a way to just fucking hit it. Um, if it's Wilson, Wilson has three years of starting experience. Granted, it's one thing not, that I like. That's one thing I really he's, like. About yeah, he's him. not playing. He's not playing SEC football, but like he's still starting and getting a fuck ton of reps, um, which would be a lot. Would be encouraging. Lance only started one year in one. I don't like that. I had. I said that a few podcasts ago. The one thing yeah. that I'm really starting to smell, like Dwayne Haskins, one year of starting experience. I'm sorry, I just can't. Everyone's like, "Well, Carson Wentz came out of NBC, and Norton, Carson Wentz started like eight years there. It, it, he got his reps, right?" Um, Carson Wentz is still starting there. Trey Lance is a figment of our imagination. Yeah. Um, um, so that's what I think is going to happen. I, I actually, honestly, think Smith's going to retire, and then we're going to roll with Kyle Allen. But if he doesn't, if he truly loves football that much, and he might because the fact that he's been playing is ridiculous. Uh, my hope would be we restructure him, save a little money, we draft an heir apparent, and they're attached to the hip. I would not be overly surprised if Smith retires, um, but I would be more surprised if he retires than if he doesn't retire. Yeah, that's fair. Um, that's I just, that's the my fact, perspective. The fact, that he's, the fact that he's already saying things like, though, I'm going to think about it, like already, Leads me to believe he is going. His veteran perspective from his, but again, I can't. I'm not fundamentally disagreeing with you because it's like what's left away. I came back from one of the most gruesome injuries ever. I came back. I have I threw 300 yards in back-to-back games. They should just rename the comeback comeback player of the player of the year award for me. Like what's left to prove outside of? Um, should I don't think he has a Super Bowl ring. So I mean, that's basically the only thing. But there's a lot of players in NFL history who never finished with Super Bowl he, rings. Actually, I think he does. I think the Chiefs gave him. Like obviously he wasn't on the team, right? But, I'm but like sure, uh, I'm you know, they're not a member. Pretty of the sure team. they, pretty sure they were like, hey, appreciate what you did for Mahomes. Thank you for giving us the greatest quarterback the league has seen in fucking ever. Yeah. Um, so going back to the quarterbacks thing, so we're not getting Lawrence. Like we, any Washington t- fan needs to get that out of their head. Like we're not gonna leapfrog the New York Jets. In order if you to want go. Fields, if if you want Fields, you better start praying we lose every game. Right, and I think it's, it's so Fields is the most likely um, consolation prize from us. Um, 
again, I, I've said it abundantly that like I think Fields is uber talented and almost as talented. Uh, I don't think we're going to even leapfrog some going to Tankathon right now. Like I don't even think we're going to leapfrog Jacksonville. I mean, honestly, I hate saying this, but like I don't even think we're going to leapfrog Dallas because Dallas is really, 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 really bad. But then again, you know, we'll find a way to lose to Dallas on Thanksgiving because that's just what happens with this team. Um, but uh, if if we end up there and if we're like at three. Um, I think when it's all said and done, like everyone's talking about Zach Wilson, that was like a mid first round or something like that. No, because of the demand of quarterbacks, he's going to rise up and he's going to be a top five pick. It's just, that's just how the league works in terms of reaching for quarterbacks. Dude, um, dude going, has flown up draft boards. I think I want to write about this at some point. Cause but I want to do, I want to dig deeper into this. Um, you know, it used to be in the, in the NFL with quarterbacks and this goes kind of goes back to the old Bill Parcells model where it's like, I don't care about, what a quarterback can be show me what you've done and you know give me the track record and combined obviously with the physical tools um that used to be the model for quarterbacks it's like don't give don't tell me what he can because then i'm gonna end up with Jamarcus russell right or somebody of that ilk um i think we're flipping things now i think the nfl draft when it comes to quarterbacks is very much mimicking what we're starting to see in the nba it's like i don't really give a shit what you were i'm starting to look at what you can be in two or three years it's like get me into professional coaching get him or get him to professional coaching get him into a true professional program build an offense around him instead of like these college offensive coordinators just jamming their talents into their stupid offenses like let's start to do that like you're seeing this with kyler you're seeing this with justin herbert you're seeing this with a bunch of young quarterbacks we've talked about and i think we're in like I, to me josh allen and to a lesser extent justin herbert kind of broke the mold and after them we're like we have to take a step back and reevaluate everything josh allen couldn't hit the broad side of a barn in college and that guy's a fucking animal Right. And because he's just so off the charts, physically talented when you watch him, right. He's the most physically gifted player on the field at times. And I think you have to start looking at that point where I'm going with Zach Wilson is like, Zach Wilson does some absurd things with the ball. Like when you watch him, you're like, man, that was a fun throw. Right. Yeah. Like he, he Dude, watch him move around a pocket. He's slick. He's so fun. And he's, and he's just, and like, he's fearless. He's gutty. He'll huck it anywhere you know, tight window throws, amnesia in terms of like, I just threw a really bad throw. Let me just, you know, laser another tight window throw. Love this stuff. Scrappy guy, chip on his shoulder. Like love that type of stuff. And I think he's built really well. And he's not, he hasn't been a hype queen his entire life, right? Like he was a three-star recruit that was like fighting between BYU and Boise State coming out of school. So it's like- He decommitted from Boise. Decommitted from Boise State. Um, cause he wanted to go to BYU and they spurned him because the coach was a dick. And then after that, I think that coach got fired and then I wonder if he's Mormon. I don't know. I didn't, I read something about him, but I, Mormon didn't come up. Doesn't mean he's not, but whatever. Um, That'd be sweet. I, no I alcohol. Like, Dude will be in his playbook. I'm in. <laughs> I like, I, I like him. Um, he's a little undersized, and a little bit of injury history, which we have a thing of that with that, um, as long as he's not, at the position. not dropping back circa the 38 yard line around November. We're good. Happened to stumble upon YouTube up replay of the um, 2012-2013 playoff game against Seattle, and I uh, saw RG3's knee go 90 degrees mm. in that direction. Oh, was that that game? That yeah, you mentioned um, most one of the most dejected days of my life, probably watching that happen. I, I, I've never felt a proverbial gut punch the way I did. I can't tell you bar. how invincible I felt after we went up. I think like 14. 14. It was 14 nothing. Uh, and then later in the game, we forced Marshawn Lynch to fumble the ball on the one-yard line. I was feeling – I mean, it, there's a lot of other things involved to make me feel very good. But, like, boy. 
But there was that one scramble that Griffin had when we were up 14 nothing, and he scrambled for a first down, and it looked like he had a piano on his back. And just yeah, play well, after play after play, you're like, that knee is hanging on by like a th- thread of a thread. Yeah. Um, rounding it real quick, we play Cincinnati next week. Um, Cincinnati, uh, Joey B. Uh, Cincinnati is a better win loss, I mean, a better winning percentage than us. So, like, let's not get it twisted in terms of, like, oh, they're Cincinnati. We can beat them, right? Like, so, uh, yeah, they're a weird team. I don't know if they're good or bad or what. Joe Burrow uh, is on pace to set the rookie record for passing yards. Like, don't fuck with that guy. They have good receivers. Uh, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins is great. T. Higgins has made every for everybody forget about A.J. Green. Um, A.J. Green was over last week. He played the whole game, zero targets for zero yards. Unfortunately, that guy's kind of past his prime for whatever reason. Um, they're frisky. I don't know what the Joe Mixon situation is. I think he may be available for that. And if that is, great. Another team that's going to run it down our throat. But to what you, where I think you're going to go, their offensive line is trash. Like it may be one of the worst in the league because of injuries particularly, but just in general as well. I took the bears money line. It's not looking good. Uh, the, yeah, their, their lines like one of the worst, if not the worst in the league, isn't it? I I think it's, I I think it's honestly the worst line in football. And I I mean that because like, even their starters are bad. (laughs) Like when we played the Eagles, everyone was hurt. Lane Johnson didn't play, you know, the whole, the whole, I don't think Jason Peters played, uh, the Cowboys, we got to play them when Zach Martin wasn't playing. Um, so we, we beat those lines up. But having said that, I actually think the Bengals' defensive line, and by that I mean uh, offensive line, is the worst in football. So I expect us to feast. Um, football Outsiders calls them to put them at 27th for what it's worth. 27th, okay. Uh, then you add the fact that I'm not sure Mixon will play. Uh, he hasn't played in a while. He's been beat up. So I wouldn't cancel. We'll probably get – the fact that Giovanni Bernard's still in the league baffles me. Who led the league in uh, – who led the league for – I mean, led the Bengals in rushing this week? Joe Burrow. No Samaje Pirine. We're playing some – I mean, good Lord. Samaje Pirine. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised he's not playing for Jacksonville with good old Jay. Um, you know – but they do have they do have a lot of fun receivers like uh, T Higgins is sweet. Yep. Um, uh, I know Adrian Green put up zero, but like Tyler Boyd's you know, there, Auden Tate is Tyler there. Tyler Boyd's there. Yeah, they they have they have weapons. Uh, the good news is is their running game. I don't think is that great, and that's our obviously our glaring weakness. Um, it's at home. I want to pick us to win, but I'm not going to. Uh, I just don't believe we will win. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take the win. I'm gonna pick it. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna counterbalance uh, it. All I right. think we got too damn close in two games. I feel like it's got a break. Of course, you know I've been wrong plenty often, so why not add one more? Um, uh, I just, I just like every time I think we turn a corner, we have some sort of setback. Uh, and that's 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 my worry. That, okay, wait. I'm gonna caveat this. You know I love the caveat thing. We will win if. Jeremy Reeves starts at center or at safety. We will lose if Apke starts at safety. Oh yeah, all bets are off. That's like an all bets are off type of thing if Apke <laughs> is starting. That that's a that's a just a no. If Apke is starting, we lose. If he doesn't, I'll take the win. Yeah, Although take, I bet you Fuller, I bet you Fuller plays safety this week. Move Moreau there was back some in talk there. that they may try to do that and like you know just stick Moreau and Darby as the corners and my my stance on Darby is well documented, but like you know play Moreau and Darby he's at been, corner. He's been he hasn't he hasn't been terrible. He hasn't been terrible. He hasn't. He hasn't been great, but he hasn't been terrible. 
Um, most importantly, you don't see him running five yards behind the player like you do with Apke. So it's like, you know, you can at least give him credit for that. Apke doesn't even run behind the player. Nah. Dude just runs by him. Like, I, I, I know we lost in a painful fashion, and this would have been just as painful, but I really wish we had lost on that long throw just so I could blame Apke for a whole week. Yeah, I would rather blame but, Apke than, like, blaming Chase Young for, say, for, the, Chase for, the, Young for the, the, the roughing the passer. Yeah. 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 Putting it on that note, because what a better way to end than Troy Apke. Um, thank you so much for listening for everyone who's made it this far. As always, make sure you subscribe to us on uh, iTunes and or anywhere else you get your podcast, like Spotify. I'm going to try to post a few videos of this throughout the course of the week. Um, chop this up so you might see some stuff on YouTube. But until then, we will talk to you later, hopefully after a win against the Cincinnati Bengals. But who knows, given the way the rest of the season is gone. Go Skins. Shout out to the Caps for their new alternate jerseys. I will be buying one. Yeah, that eagle is, is kind of sweet. Yeah, sick. Thank you for listening to the Hail to the District podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.